Welcome to Swift Unscripted. Swift podcasts give you, the listener, the opportunity to hear the inside story and be part of the conversation about all means all with leaders in the field of inclusive education and school-wide transformation. Here I am at Swift headquarters at the University of Kansas recording a podcast on the topic of rural education. Our guest today is Susan Huckinen, the Assistant Superintendent of Butte County Office of Education, and she represents rural settings in California MTSS. Susan, I'm hoping today that you can share some of your stories with us and some of the things you've learned about rural education. Welcome. Hi, Dan. Um, It's great to be here. I really appreciate this opportunity. I'm a huge advocate for rural education uh, across our nation, uh, but particularly here in California. Uh, and, and really that, that stems from the fact that for 25 years, I was in a large urban district in California. And when I uh, became assistant superintendent of um, educational support services in Butte County Office of Education, I, um, I really felt that we were somewhat behind some of our counterparts in, um, in terms of curriculum and instruction. Um, and our counterparts would be in um, suburban and urban areas. And so I quickly became an advocate for rural California. And currently, um, I also sit on the curriculum instruction steering committee uh, along with um, 57 other assistant superintendents and leaders. And um, through that statewide committee, uh, that's where this uh, this grant opportunity to serve all of California with the California Multi-Tiered System of Support um, Initiative uh, for Cal- for this California Department of Education, and that's where it all started for me. So, you sound like you've you've given us some uh, information on some of your current role on your current role and some of the things that you've done over the past uh, few decades. Um, Tell me a little bit more about the partnership that you have with the Swift Education Center, how it interplays with scaling up a multi-tiered system of support in California, um, and uh, maybe how it integrates with supporting all students. What are some of the things that you're focusing on on a, a daily or a weekly basis in that relationship of scaling it up within a large state like California? Well, I would need to just step back just uh, a little bit to say that we are partnered with um, Orange County Department of Education, and um, <clears throat> we are, they obviously represent the, um, the urban and suburban areas in California where uh, our subcontract actually supports the rural regions in California. And so together as a partnership, um, we established um, a, uh, a a triad, if you will, of of, of support, inclusive of um, the Swift Center, and um, we established the the Swift Center um, and staff as our technical assistance uh, assistance providers uh, for this work across California, and the work is to scale up um, all one thousand plus districts in California. Um, with the uh, new California multi-tier system of support uh, model. So um, having said that, uh, in answer to your question about the SWIFT partnership, uh, we actually started, in my role, we started with uh, a structure uh, to roll out the trainings that included an executive team 
where we made some uh, decisions in a, and 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 also that team allowed us to stay on track in terms of you know the 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 trainings and um, the work that was to be done across all uh, all phases of of the um, of scaling up. Uh, but we had um, the executive team. We have a statewide team. Um, we have regional leads and we have county office leads. And within that structure, um, the goal was to scale up, again, 1,000 districts in California with the uh, multi-tier system of support initiative. So um, they, SWIFT Center is obviously a very um, important partnership with us in terms of that training. Um, so SWIFT provides training, continues to provide support, um, advocacy for, um, particularly for, for us, for rural. And, and we, you know, we need that kind of support because our rural um, districts um, often don't have the kind of support um, that our counterparts do in more urban areas. So um, SWIFT is a very important partnership for us. You said something um, important there that I want to go back to, that when you created that executive team or that team that started to uh, have that groundswell of support from around the state, you had different leaders that represented different areas of education. So, you know, you had uh, Orange County Department of Ed, you had, uh, you said, district, county, and regional representatives, and then correct me if I'm wrong, but you were one of the the rural setting representatives that made sure we had a voice of you know not only large urban centers uh, or suburban areas, but also rural, which is especially important in Northern California, right? So mm -hmm. you had some of those representative positions. Are there any other types of folks that were a part of that team that yes. you think is important for our leaders to or our yes. listeners to know about? Yes, I, yes, absolutely. Uh, in Butte County Office of Education, um, we were part of the statewide team of support. And so we had a six-member team. And what's unique about that is that we pulled from behavior, um, social-emotional, academic. Um, I, was, I was on that team as well. We have a project assistant, and we also have a um, technology expert uh, who... Uh, provided the support for the platform to house all of the resources, training modules, etc. So um, that was our team um, that continually interfaced and continues to interface with Orange County Department of Ed and SWIFT. Good. I think that's an important uh, reminder for our listeners that it includes academics, behavior, and social-emotional representation. I think that's great. Mm -hmm. Could you tell me a little bit about uh, Butte County specifically? Tell me a little bit about uh, if I was to drive up into Butte County, what I might see or what type of population of students and families we serve. Um, mm -hmm. Why don't you share a little bit about Butte County itself? So um, Butte County is considered a small um, to me small medium sized uh, county office of education. And in California, we have that middle layer of county offices of education. Uh, so uh, we have our state department, but we have county offices in, and then we have um, district leadership, et cetera. So uh, we serve, uh, we serve uh, around 32,000 students total in Butte County. Uh, we have a population of about 225,000, 
We have 15 districts that include our Butte County Office of Education schools. We have 84 schools and 19 charters. Um, and I think unique to Butte County and also in all rural areas is um, uh, are these one school school districts. So we have five one school districts ranging in ADA from a roughly a dozen students to 85 students. Um, geographically, we're 90 minutes north of Sacramento. Um, our claim to fame is the Orville Dam um, and also um, salmon, uh, salmon fisheries and um, agricultural center. So we, we also in Butte County um, have the largest school district in the North State, which is Chico Unified at around 12,000 students. However, <laughs> that is the largest district, and I would largest district. So, from Sacramento to the Oregon border, and from um, you know west to east to Nevada. So, um, so while it is a medium-sized district, it is the largest in the North State. Hmm. Um, yeah, I uh, I taught one of my first experiences teaching was when in a one school. K-12 building, right? Not a one school, school district, but one building where you could stay for your entire educational career. So <laughs> I, I'm a little bit familiar with that. So one of the questions that I have, Susan, is when we're looking at rural settings, and we talked a moment ago, uh, I heard you mention one school, school districts and 32,000 students in uh, the northern part of the state where half of them come from one district in Chico Unified itself. What are some of the unique challenges or areas of opportunity when we're considering the MTSS framework and how that plays out in these smaller settings where our enrollments may be smaller or we may have to pool our resources together? What are some of those challenges or areas of opportunity our listeners should know about in the rural settings and applying MTSS? Um, well, as I said before, we have five one-school districts in Butte County. We have over 100 um, one-school school districts, uh, probably closer to 200 school districts, one-school school districts in California. And, um, and so they're fairly insulated and isolated in many cases. And uh, so the isolation presents a, a a lot of challenges for our one school districts, including substitutes, access to um, professional learning around the academic, behavioral and social emotional supports. Um, transportation is an issue in terms of the community. Community Mental health is an issue. Um, we actually have uh, cr had created a survey with uh, um, Education Northwest uh, recently and out of that survey um, came some um, interesting challenges uh, in, in three different areas. One was administrative, um, in, in these administrative factors that included, again, staff recruitment and teacher recruitment, um, resources and staff for students with diverse needs. So going back to Butte County, for example, 75% of our population in Butte County is white. 1.5% mm -hmm. um, is African-American black, or and we have about 13% um, Latino. Mm -hmm. So we have um, not very 
not a lot of diversity. And I think in that, in and of that, in and of itself, that presents a little bit of a challenge as well. Um, so the perspective is just coming from one, you know, one group. Um, and, and that can be, um, you know, when our kids graduate and, you know, they're out in the world that can, can lend some um, challenges for them. So um, thinking about ways to, to mitigate that. Um, some of the community factors uh, that were listed as that came up to the top in terms of challenges in this survey were also distance to mental health. Uh, personal factors included parent engagement in education system, drug and alcohol abuse, and adverse childhood experiences. And for Butte County, um, we have the highest adverse childhood experiences or ACEs scores in the state. So um, we also um, have um, some challenges in Humboldt with the same kinds of statistics. And Humboldt is a very uh, rural um, region and, and we support them as well. So, um, so but, but what I wanted to share with you was a quote from a... Uh, she, he is a superintendent principal um, in, in, out of Lewiston, and he's now assistant superintendent in Siskiyou County Office of Education. His name is Alan Carver. And um, some of the work that he's done as a result of MTSS um, has been around PBIS. Okay. And so he, he has, I have a quote here from him. It says, however, teaching regarding PBIS was a consistent focus all year. I really feel by establishing strong behavior patterns for both staff and students, that becomes a huge leverage point in tiny schools. It quickly impacts the tone, feel, and culture of the small organization. And so I thought that I would share that because that, that kind of sums up, you know, you can do, uh, you can create change quickly in a small organization because you don't have all of the extra and extraneous kinds of initiatives going on. You can truly focus. And when schools truly focus on MTSS and a system and, 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 customize the framework mm -hmm. so that it makes sense for a one school district that change and and alan said it best that change can happen very quickly so um, that's what we're anticipating with the implementation of the framework um, for mtss i think that's a very insightful quote you know uh, it leads well into my next question and the the swift framework has five domains and 10 features of the MTSS system. And um, I always tell our, our partners that we work with, you can't be expected to rub your belly and pat your head at the same time. It's 10 different areas that we think help improve student outcomes and promote equity and inclusion. And you can't possibly address all 10 at the same time. You'd go crazy. And so one of the things that we do within the technical assistance process is when you vision or design what your future vision looks like in an equity-inclusive MTSS framework, we say, what are the areas that you want to focus on within the framework of the domains or features? And so my question to you is when you think about 
aspects of schools and districts where you do your work on a daily basis in Butte County, what are some ideals within the MTSS framework that you see in a rural setting? What does that look like? Or can you visualize it or quantify it for us in a way that um, is something that helps our, uh, our listeners contextualize and understand what, how that may be unique in a rural setting? Um, one way that may be useful for you to do this is think of a school that does one thing really good. I would love to hear about that and how they've made that so successful. So I actually have <laughs> created a, a short list from three different school districts in rural California. Sure. So one is a um, school district with 55 students. Another one has 85, and another one is 430. So three so different levels, yep. One in, one in Butte County, one in Trinity, and one in Tehama County. And, um, and their response to what's really working as a result of the training and the result of a focus on scaling up and transforming your system, um, these are the areas that, that they uh, concluded would be their next steps, their next action steps um, for success in okay. implementation. So one of them was just to identify and purchase school-wide integrated math curriculum. And so when you think about that in an urban and suburban setting, you think, well, of course. But in a, and when it, if, if you're in a rural setting, that's not necessarily, of course, <laughs> because you don't necessarily have the funds and you don't have access to p professional learning. Another one was um, related to um, uh, iReady assessments and interventions. So, you know, just those assessments that will um, determine, you know, whether students, um, you know, are, are progressing. Um, and then whole school plan involvement, and this came up in two of the schools in, in PBIS and the subsequent participation in the training. Um, also, the same goes for uh, whole school plan involvement in trauma-informed practices and training. Planning half-day preschools, so not all of our schools have preschools or have the ability to have preschools because of the funding. Um, the development and expansion of subpools, which I thought was really, um, really critical. Uh, short use or use of short days once a week. So two of the schools have opted for short um, days to do their planning. Um, and calendar of uh, two years of the MTSS funding timeline. Valued leadership came up and tier one instruction for all, which is, you know, that universal mm -hmm. access, which is um, kind of at the heart of our work. Um, so when I think about what would work for um, schools in terms of um, any kind of advice I might give to rural schools, it would be to access training. And we are developing module uh, modules for online training, and then um, accessing the California Rural Ed Network Resource Bank uh, will soon be another opportunity. So um, that that would be kind of the scope of what MTSS has brought to some of these more isolated, very rural and remote areas in California. I'm, if I'm hearing you correctly, some of the first comments that you had were around um having a structured system. So having one agreed upon curriculum that, that, that covers the length of the child's educational experience or having a data system that uh, everyone has professional development on 
professional development on or in and a interventions where everybody's trained in. And I'm hearing that as something that could be a strength of some schools, but it's also a challenge because they may not, not traditionally have those resources or people to train or trainers uh, as they might in a suburban or a large urban setting. So keep in mind, one of those schools has three teachers and one of the schools has four. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you have teachers teaching multi-grades. Um, and so again, uh, you're not getting consensus from a large group of, of teachers or staff. Uh, and that's why we, we believe we can expedite this work um, in a way that, you know, larger districts cannot. I think that's probably accurate. You know, I'm going to make a quick plug here, but one of the things that we've uh, partnered with in uh, Butte County is on the SWIFT website, which is swiftschools.org. If you go to the SWIFT guide, you can actually download the tiered intervention matrix, which is something that we've uh, started to use in Susan's uh, uh, partner sites and districts, which can help large and small rural schools um, organize what interventions or screeners or progress monitors they have. So across the system, even if it is only a small number of teachers and educators, they can make sure they have made sense of and and put down on paper what interventions or universal tools or uh, data collection systems they're using. And that's something that we've we've been using together, Susan, for a while on our- Absolutely. uh, In Butte Mm -hmm. County. Let me ask you, uh, I think one of my last questions, and you started to mention it, what advice do you have uh, for rural schools and districts who are interested in implementing an MTSS framework. You started talking about the rural network. Uh, Maybe you want to talk about that a little bit more um, or something else, but for other uh, rural settings and administrators like yourself who are doing this in other places around the country, what advice or recommendations do you have? So SWIFT has an incredible tool um, called the Fidelity Integrity Assessment. And yes, Dan, thank you for <laughs> mentioning your website because anyone can access the, um, the, the Fidelity Integrity Assess- Assessment, otherwise known as a FIA. And I would strongly suggest that districts start there uh, because it's a self-assessment that's going to give great information about where a school is in relation to key critical areas of leadership and MTSS and organizational framework and family and community uh, engagement and inclusive policy structure and practice. So uh, for one of the schools, I was actually... Um, available to work with that school to um, to administer, help them administer. It is a self-assessment, but it, it uh, you know, I facilitated. Um, and their, their scores ended up to be um, fairly low. Um, yet that gave them a point of reference in which to begin to build um, their system of support. Uh, so they didn't really realize all of the components that really needed to be part of that kind of structured system. So I would say to start there. The other is to communicate out um, to everyone, funders, particularly politicians or legislators in the area. They're really key critical um, support for our very small rural um, districts. So I would communicate out to them, communicate to your local board of education about what it is you're doing, what it is you plan to do, why it's important, the purpose of the work. Um, So that key critical communication piece needs to be in place. 
um, networking, teachers working together with other teachers, virtual field trips. Um, these are all really important, I think, for our isolated school districts. Um, keeping the kids actively engaged in their learning, um, teachers that are equipped with the latest strategies to address academic behavior and social-emotional learning. Many of our school districts um, are really not aware of social-emotional learning, and yet when you think about a teacher who is planning a lesson, um, they're probably doing this naturally, but this is just shoring up some of the, the, the good work that they're already doing and is in place in terms of um, lesson designs, uh, but keeping those three components at the forefront um, and then just, uh, you know, helping everyone stay in the loop, parents especially, uh, so that they understand that um, these areas of inclus inclusion, uh, full inclusion, innovation, and inspiration are part of a great learning environment for all kids. And all means all in California. And I know it does with SWIFT as well. So, um, so that would be my uh, ideal MTSS setting. That's a pretty good answer. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to summarize two things you said, and then I want to make sure if you feel like mentioning the rural network, you, you can, you can plug that. Um, the first thing is uh, Susan mentioned the SWIFT FIA, which is the fidelity integrity assessment. That is a self-assessment. That's a progress monitoring tool intended for school leadership teams. So a principal and, and her or his uh, uh, assistant principals and, and um, staff. And that can be found on the SWIFT page. You can download that, and that is uh, intended to be conducted two to three times per year. And it takes about an hour to two hours the first time you administer it. So that is one uh, free resource. The second that Susan was alluding to is how you share information with stakeholders. So we traditionally might send a, a letter home with parents, but um, if we're looking for more examples on how to uh, inform stakeholders on our SWIFT guide, under the domain of family and community engagement, we have real examples of how uh, administrators like Susan uh, have sent information around what is MTSS home to families or presenting it in front of school boards or in presenting it at a parent night. And we have examples from states around the country of, uh, of, of school and district leaders uh, doing just that to help make it a more informed and more inclusive uh, for families and uh, community members. Okay, Susan, I think my very last question that I have for you is I want to hear a little bit more about the Rural um, Education Network, and I think that might be a great resource for our listeners. So can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yes. So part of our subcontract, uh, we parlayed that into the creation of the California Rural Ed Network. And the Rural Ed Network has at the heart of it the Rural Resource Bank. The bank is made up of topics that are the most important topics to those educators in rural settings. And we've used the survey that I mentioned earlier as a means for identifying the topics. We have hired uh, researchers in the field to submit articles, strategies, programs, connections with other organizations to enhance the Rural Resource Bank. It will be free to all users. Uh, however, it will have a rural um, 
component to it, and it will be through a rural lens that folks would access it. And, um, and so that would be available this coming September of 2018. We have, as part of the rural, uh, California Rural Ed Network, an advisory council that will be overseeing um, the whole uh, initiative. We have a steering committee that's kind of the boots on the ground uh, folks that are um, creating um, timelines and ensuring that the project moves ahead um, at a steady pace. As I mentioned, we have a research panel uh, and then we are creating some strategic action teams so that uh, we can identify some of the challenges and meet with folks in areas uh, like uh, national and state partners, like SWIFT, uh, for example. So um, we're pretty excited about um, the California Rural Ed Network and the potential for um, end users to be able to access information, educational information uh, regarding their rural um, regions. Susan, is there somewhere where our listeners can go if we want to learn more about the Rural Education Network and that resource bank? I really like that idea because it really uh, it hits home exactly at what we're about for MTSS, being more inclusive and focused on equity. And now we're going to have a lens where we use that uh, rural setting where we can find resources specifically for, for uh, those, those educators. So where should we go if we're looking for more information around that? I heard you say September is kind of when we're thinking about having everything up and live. So for now, uh, as, as we build out the platform for the information, the storage of information and resources, uh, you can look for the California Rural Ed Network uh, to be live in September, as you said, Dan, and you can go to the Butte County Office of Education website to access the link that will take you to the um, website. That's perfect. Wonderful. Um, Susan, I want to thank you very much for spending time with us today. Uh, for our listeners, if you want to know more about rural education and some of the resources we mentioned today, swiftschools.org, and you can click on the Swift Talk tab to where you can find more stories written uh, by leaders just like Susan in the field of school-wide transformation. These leaders include school administrators, teachers, parents, paraprofessionals, and others who are promoting all means all. SWIFT is a national K-8 center that provides academic and behavioral support to promoting the learning and academic achievement of all students, including students with disabilities and those with the most extensive needs. 